So this is Christian Mom Uncensored. I've been focusing a lot on the mom and uncensored part, but I haven't been focusing so much on the Christian part. And I kind of wanted to share with you where I am in my faith journey um, and like what, like just so you guys can like get to know me as, you know, listenership grows. And um, I know some of you are looking for that faith element too. I feel like I have been a person that can have really, really um, strong faith. And just like every human, there are times when I feel like let down or disappointed or scared or confused. Um, And there are some times that I feel mentally burnt out from faith. And I'm not going to say that that's where I am now, but I think that's where I was like maybe a month ago, maybe a couple weeks ago where you know, life wasn't, isn't necessarily bad. Life is actually pretty good right now. There's a lot in this current moment, in this current day, in this current season, that's great. However, there are some things that, that suck (laughs) and some things that I've been like praying on, waiting on, hoping for. And the thing about faith that people don't like to talk about when you I mean, maybe they do in some churches, in some places, in some preachers. It just depends on the environment that you're in or who you are. At least the thing that we don't like to admit to each other as Christians, like a lot of times, is that is our, is our faults and is our fears and is our concerns. Um, well, I feel like sometimes it can feel like everything's perfect, everything's great, just have faith. And that's not real life, right? Real life is hard and sticky and messy. And having faith takes work right? Because you have to have faith when you have none. And I feel like there have been days where I've had like no faith about my future, no hope for what's to come, just fear, just anxiety, and just, um, just literally just frustrated and scared. And (laughs) who am I supposed to turn to in those moments? And the most times when I'm upset or scared or frustrated or worried. I turned to my mom because she's a woman of great faith. But lately I have been, and I still turn turn to my mom like weekly, but I've been trying to focus inward to grow myself. And um, that's kind of a hard thing to do when you aren't relying on someone else. Because I know my mom's faith. I know my mom's intuition. Like a lot of us, if you have a, if you're close with your mama, your mama has great intuition, probably. Like, trust her. She knows when a boy is not good for you. She knows when a friend is not good for you. Just trust her. And so whenever I'm making decisions, I'll pray on it. My mom will pray on it. And if my mom says, I feel like my heart is saying, this is right, then I'm like, yeah, mom, you're right. But lately, I've been trying to kind of tune up my skills and rely on my faith and my intuition and my relationship with God. But something that that isn't talked about, or at least I haven't talked about it. I don't really have friends right now, so I haven't really talked to anyone but my husband. So there hasn't been like a whole depth or discovery. Um, I haven't been a small group in a while. And I think it's just because of this season of life that's really isolated, that it's harder to continue to have faith. It's harder to be strong in your faith when you're isolated, right? And so because of because of Elliot and because of COVID and because of summer and because of schedules and because of kids and because of work, it's been so hard. I know it sounds like excuses, but I'm just telling you the truth. It's been so hard to like get to small group. And why is that? Because if small group starts at seven, that's his bedtime. He's going to want to nurse. He's going to want to cry. He's going to want to sleep. He likes to be in bed. He doesn't want to nurse on the couch. He doesn't want to nurse in a chair. He wants to be in bed. He wants to eat and go to sleep at seven o'clock. So unfortunately, at my church, like all small groups start at seven o'clock. And so, um, you know, in my heart, I've been like talking to my mom about doing something, you know, once a month, twice a month on Saturday mornings with some people. Because like, you know, if you're a working mom and if even if you have kids who are school age, if you don't have a sitter, that's just impossible. Anyway, I'm going on a side tangent. But what I meant to say is that faith is hard. Right. Because there are days where you are tired, you are broken, you are scared and you're supposed to be strong. Right. And I've told my husband this before. Um, I don't think it was maybe like last week, maybe a month ago. Time is just weird these days where I said, I don't have it. I've been strong for a really long time. I've been strong for a year. I've been strong for more than a year. But I don't think I have the strength anymore. 
And he's like, what do you mean? You know, because I usually hold it down when it comes to like prayer faith work. But I was just like, I'm literally, literally, literally tired. So what I've had to do for myself is kind of take um, a faith break. And what does that mean? That doesn't mean that I don't believe in God. That doesn't mean that I don't believe in Jesus. That doesn't mean that I'm not in my Bible and praying every day. What it means is that I'm in a place of stillness. I don't know if that makes sense. So I've been in a place where I've been like taking a lot of leaps or facing a lot of challenges and having to be strong and have faith in these challenges. Right now, I don't have the strength to like smile through my challenges, basically. I don't have the strength. So I guess it's not like a faith break. It's like an optimism break. I don't know. Um, Where I don't have the strength to wake up and say, this is great. We're all conquerors. We can do it. I don't have it in me. Like, mama's tired. I have the strength to get up and say, okay, this is hard. God, this is, God, this is hard for me. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. And right now, I don't have the strength to figure it out. And you're not, you know, I'm not really supposed to. God has it all figured out. And so instead of, you know, feeling like really optimistic about everything, which sounds so bad, but I'm trying to be uncensored and real with you guys. Instead of being like optimistic and like strong with everything, I'm saying, God, I'm tired. (laughs) I'm scared. And I'm going to continue to do, you know, what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. But that doesn't mean I'm waking up every day and smiling. You know, I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I'm blessed. I'm also tired, stressed, and tired. And after I take like a mental reset, like mental break, from like trying to conquer all the challenges and just like live my life, I will conquer. Cause I think I'm just like burnt out from work life, from baby life, from figuring out preschool, figuring out dentist appointments, figuring out, all right, when are we going to buy our house? Figuring out, all right, where do we want to live when we buy our house? Where are we going to be next year? Where are we going to be in five years? Like all of these little plannings. It's like, well, I have faith that we're going to have this business and it's going to be amazing. And women are going to be able to come to our center. And guess what else is going to happen? You're going to have your sports at our center. It's going to be this amazing center. I don't have time to have faith for a center. I can pray about it and I can hope about it and I can dream. But right now, it's hard. Like getting through day by day, hour by hour is feeling hard for me. Some days I can dance and smile and some days I just have to focus on the next task. And I feel like that's where I'm at. I don't know if any of that makes sense. I don't want anyone to panic like, oh my gosh, we don't have any faith anymore. Like, no, I do. I do, but I'm tired. (laughs) And so that means that I need a break from being strong because I've been the strong one in my household for so long. I just need a break from being the one that holds it down. Like I need a moment to be scared. I need a moment to cry. I need a moment to, um, to catch my breath and say, God, this is really hard for me. I don't like this. And to cry about it instead of saying, because what I've been doing is living like really optimistically and saying, God, I know this is a challenge sent from by you. And, um, I know that I can conquer all things. And I've been like really optimistic. Whereas these days I see the challenges and I go, God, this is hard. God, I'm tired. And that's where I'm at. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like we all get to places in our faith journey, in our real life where, you know, things get hard. Like you've overcome a lot and you're tired of overcoming. Like you're resilient. You've been through the fire. You don't want to walk through it again. And so when you feel like you're walking through the fire again, you're like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no, thank you. I did this. I'm not supposed to do it again. And I feel like, anyway, so I just wanted to share that. However, like we're still conquerors. Like don't get scared. It's just okay to be tired. I saw something this week, like always, that really resonated with me and it was that gratitude brings giving or something like that or brings charity and it's so true and it has been really true for me um so I'm gonna just encourage you to be grateful thankful 
and realize how much you are blessed and to encourage you to give back to your community or to others or even just to pay it forward and I'm sure you'll feel good for instance I was this has happened to me twice um, in the span of a couple months where one night I was looking at my kids and I was just feeling really thankful that they have full bellies not that they ate enough to be healthy not that they um you know have enough nutritional value for or their meals had this amount of nutritional value but the fact that I knew my kids were going to bed and they were going to sleep with full bellies and my heart started to ache for kids who don't but for the kids that just um that that don't go to sleep with full for, with full bellies that go to sleep hungry or unsatisfied and how I think about how hard that is for me to focus um whenever I'm hungry and it just broke my heart so then I went and did and had to give to you know a charity that I feel kind of because I was just like wow I don't think any kids should go hungry and then it happened to me again this past weekend um I asked grocery shopping Ethan and I were kind of working on our budget and we've been getting like really uh, serious about our savings and really serious about what our budget's going to be and sticking with it. And so I was going to go ahead and buy groceries. You know, I had just gotten paid. I was going to go ahead and buy groceries. And I was like, oh my gosh, our groceries are so expensive. I don't want to spend this much on them. But I couldn't think of a thing I wanted to get rid of because, you know, I'm trying to, maybe you don't know this, I'm trying to live healthier, more low carb, um, eat more Mediterranean kind of diet. And so that naturally whenever you start eating healthier like things are just more expensive and just to have like good snacks in the house that it's been a while since I've done a good restock on our pantry so we've been out of like applesauce and we're out of mini muffins and we're out of goldfish and we're out of fruit cups and we're just out of a lot of stuff that Mia likes to grab for a snack so I had to restock those and then also I was buying like salmon and tuna and tons of spinach and tomatoes and feta and I was buying all of this food and um I was like oh my gosh this is expensive but I told myself you know what you're going to be happy every day when you eat are able to eat the way you want to for your diet or not even diet just like doing better in life as an almost 30 year old just trying to eat better um side note like I realized that you know I'm two years from 30 and so I've been really upping my skincare routine, um, upping my, I'm trying to up my fitness and health routine. I don't want to say that it's fully upped, but my skincare routine I've upped and I'm trying to up my, my, um, fitness and even like diet intake and just eat a better overall lifestyle. Because I feel like you go through this phase where you live at home, right? And you eat normal, right? Your mom makes you dinner every day. I'm just talking like when you're in high school. Um, you eat something for breakfast, you eat lunch at school, and you're eating kind of like normally. Maybe you snack a lot because you're a teenager. And then you go from there to going to college and maybe trying to retain some sort of health, but also eating kind of wild, you know, late night quesadillas, you know, cheesesteaks, like all the good stuff. That's what I used to always order when I was in college. After hanging out with friends all night or coming from a party or a dance, I would get a buffalo chicken quesadilla or I would get a cheesesteak on Texas toast. And it was my favorite thing, favorite. And that's not really a healthy lifestyle. Um, My meal plan in college, you got, this is a whole random side tangent. I am so sorry. My meal plan in college, was really cool. You could set it up three ways. So I went to a small school. I know if you go to a bigger school, you might have like a Chick-fil-A and a Starbucks on campus. We didn't have any of that. We had our main cafeteria, which had like different stations you could go to. And then we had a cafe, which was open, not the same hours as the cafeteria and was open late night. So that was the place to go to for like your buffalo chicken quesadilla, your cheesesteak, your um, I think you could get nachos. I don't ever remember getting nachos, so maybe not. But um, you can get mozzarella sticks and a burger and chicken tenders and fries. And you can get all that at the cafe late at night. But they had really good sandwiches during the day and the best, like, chips. They made the best chips. Oh, my gosh. The amount 
I'm coming to you just to eat your chips. <laughs> like the chips that they made there. I just love, I love, this is another side tangent. I love a restaurant or even like at my school, you know, like homemade chips. They're warm. They're good at the mouth. They're really old bay because in Maryland, everything has old bay and it's just so good. But anyway, the meal plans at the mount where I went to, where I went to college, you could do one where you only got dinner and you, so you had like your meal account, which was on your card and it came with a certain amount of money and you could either have your card, have more free money, which you could use to buy anything in the cafeteria. Um, there's also like snacks you could use to buy snacks in the bookstore, um, or makeup in the bookstore, which is what I use mine for. And so you had like a certain amount of loaded money on there. But then there was your meal plan, which was kind of sort of separate. So you could either have a meal plan where you got breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but that meant that your free money was less. And that was the free money in the meal plan is built in in case like you need a snack between classes or, you know, things like that. Um, Maybe you want to grab you know, a couple things of Easy Mac to go to your room because our cafeteria, I don't know why I'm telling you guys this. I'm just reminiscing. Our cafeteria, it was called Patriot and you would go in and to the left, there's this little mini mart and in the mini mart, it had like toilet paper, um, like a lot of dry goods. It had some frozen stuff, uh, Easy Mac, Chef Boyardee, ramen noodles, um, paper plates, paper bowls, plastic silverware, um, a little bit like a tiny thing of laundry detergent you could buy like for emergencies and stuff, um, like a little things in medicine. So it was like a little emergency convenience store. And then there was a whole cafeteria, which had the stations you could go to to get food as well as like a ton of snacks and candy. And so like you can pretty much buy whatever you want. Um, so the stations that were there, unless you're like, what is a small school's cafeteria like? Well, at my small school, which I love, I'm feeling so nostalgic that as soon as it's fall, I'm going to go visit. Um, it's actually a reunion year for me and I really can't wait guys. College is such a important time, was such an important time in my life. I'm feeling really nostalgic, but anyway, so the stations at my school were, Um, one station that was like home style and it changed. So, okay, let me break it down. So for breakfast, there was in like an omelet station where you can get an omelet or breakfast burrito, or you could go to the bakery section and get like pancakes. Um, then you, or you could go to like the fast station, which is where the grill was. But during breakfast time, they had these things called Mounties, which were like, just like um, already made bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches on a croissant or on a bagel or on an English muffin, and you could grab them and go. Um, they had like sausage, egg, and cheese, egg, and cheese, and bacon, egg, and cheese, and you can grab tater tots. And those were pretty much the stations. There's also on the salad bar, they had like oatmeal, um, cream of wheat, grits, and then there was a cereal station. So that's kind of how breakfast was set up. Obviously, there's coffee all the time because it's college. At lunch, the stations were... Um, like a sandwich station, which stayed a sandwich station pretty much most of the day. And so you could get these really good, like, um, wraps that I love, or you could get a sandwich, like you can get tuna, you could get chicken salad, you could get turkey, you could get ham, you could also get a wrap, or they did these really good crispy chicken wraps with like rice. It was so good. Um, or you could, and so, so that was one station, or you could go to like the homestyle station, which had like something random during lunch. Like I never went there for lunch. It was always like a random thing for lunch. Um, then there was the saute station is what they called it. And so like one day it would be stir fry. One day it would be, um, create your own pasta station. And so that was my favorite, my favorite, 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 favorite station to go to. Then there's the grill, which has like hot dogs, hamburgers, cheese steaks, um, any, pretty much anything you can get on the grill, wings, fries, that kind of food. And then on the very, very last corner was like the Italian station where they had like pizza and usually some sort of pasta, um, like baked pasta. So you could get like that. So that was during lunch. Then, um, the cafeteria closes like at three and then opens back up at four thirty for dinner and you can go get it, you know, dinner from four thirty to seven thirty or something like that. And 
for dinner they had the salad bar as usual which had like soup and stuff um there was also a bakery section that was open all day so whenever you wanted to get your sweets like cake cookies whatever you can go to the bakery section and we had like ice cream things it was so much good food and so at dinner the stations were pretty much the same as lunch just like the home style station might have been serving one thing for lunch and serve something different for dinner same with the saute station but the sandwich station stayed sandwiches and the grill stayed the grill and that little italian thing with pizza stayed the same anyway i love college so the way your meal plan worked and so for anyone going to college this might get you excited if you're going to a small school or you just might want to look into what your meal plan is the way your meal plan worked was you could do um one where you only got dinner but you had a lot of extra money on your card so that because like maybe you wanted to eat lunch and breakfast in your room and you just do dinner or maybe if you were like me i didn't eat breakfast a whole lot in college i would do a granola bar and coffee a lot in college and so instead of like having a meal plan where you ate breakfast lunch and dinner you might just want that. And I did that a bunch of times because you had like a ton of money on your card and you could use that money in the bookstore and buy makeup and notebooks. And like, I love notebooks and makeup. So obviously I did that. The other meal plan you could do was one where you got breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but you had like very little money on your card for extra stuff. And only freshmen did that because parents were like, no, you need breakfast, lunch, and dinner. My mom didn't make me do that one. Thank God. That one I thought was the dumbest meal plan because literally in college, because there's so much food on campus, I felt like, or in, in the cafeteria, there was just, I was not going to be hungry for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like maybe breakfast and dinner or lunch and dinner, but not all three. So that was an option. Or the other option was you could do lunch and dinner. And that was a good option, I thought, at least for me, because I did typically eat lunch at like, I ate lunch early, I thought I would eat lunch at like 11. And then I always ate dinner. And so those were kind of the meal plans. And again, like you had a certain amount of spending money. So college was lit. I freaking loved it. And they did like special dinner days. So like during Mardi Gras, they had like special Mardi Gras night. They had um, where like they played live jazz music in the cafeteria and it was just like the coolest. I love college. <laughs> if I could go back in any time in my life and just relive it, it would be that time. When I get older, I'll say I'll re- I would want to relive when, when I have my babies. Like, you know, when my kids are grown up and married and out of my house, you know, 30 years from now or however long it takes. But right now being, you know, a 28 year old mother, college is just like, uh, and it's like, uh, it's like a different, it's just a different phase of life where things are stressful, but it's before the real stress. Like you're worried about papers. You're worried about grades. You don't really have a lot of money, but you don't need a lot of money. And you know, the weekends are reserved for fun. You don't really have bills. And if you do, they're small. You might, you may or may not have a job. And like, for me, I worked in college. I've talked about this before. Um, I worked like 10 hours a week, so it wasn't even that big of a deal, and I I chose to have my shift, like, work five hours straight, and then dispersed it the other five hours throughout the week, but, I mean, it was just, it's just a good time before real adulthood hits you, where there are real bills, there is a real job, there is, like, real stress, but going back to this whole grateful thing, I really went on a side tangent, I was feeling, am I even recording? you know? Oh yeah, I am. Okay. Thank God. I was to say, this was a long talk for not recording. I, um, was just like restocking our, our refrigerator, our pantry and everything. And Mia woke up from her nap and I was like, Hey, do you want a snack? Because, um, Ethan was going to go ahead and make dinner and that was going to take a while. And we had lunch kind of early. So she was like, yeah. And she, you know, we had, you know, fresh apples. So she grabbed an apple, she grabbed a cheese stick and she was super excited, which sounds dumb. And she grabbed an applesauce from the pantry because the way I set up my pantry, so another side note is I organized my pantry so Mia could reach her snacks because I want her to, if she's hungry or if my hands are full with Elliot, it's easier for me to say, yeah, Mia, you can go grab a snack and she goes and she can reach it. Obviously, if she wants me to pop her popcorn, that's a different story. But she can at least reach the popcorn and be like, Mom, pop this for me. Um, but I looked at my kids today, and I was like, you guys, 
I am thankful and you should be thankful that we can, that we can provide you guys with food that you like to eat and an abundance of it. Um, you know, we have enough and not like just enough. We have more than enough. We have extra, you know, you spill a snack. It's okay. There's another one. And so I was feeling that feeling again of when you realize how much you have, even though it might not seem like a lot, like we're not millionaires, we're not living in like Soho or, um, Beverly Hills or whatever. We're not like driving Bentleys and Lambos and whatever, you know, we drive Fords. (laughs) And honestly, I like Fords. And I feel like my upgrade from a Ford is going to be a Lincoln. And it's not even like that fancy, but I do like Lincolns too. But anyway, um, you know, my, our clothes come from Marshalls and Target and Old Navy. And like, I also shop at weird look, random online boutiques. Um, sometimes I'll like splurge on myself or Ethan, not on the kids because they all grow it and they're going to ruin it. But, you know, and buy from a more expensive company, but not not my closet isn't full of really expensive clothes it's full of good like cute stylish practical clothes I feel like it's still really stylish but like for cheap not gonna lie and so but even still just having this life where we can afford to watch our favorite tv shows like we can afford to have cable we can afford to it just made me really thankful And when you realize how blessed you are, it does make you want to give back and give more because when you eat, because then your heart just breaks for those who don't. And so there are like a couple charities that I feel passionate about. And I would think I would like to talk about that more in depth on another episode where I could do it justice, but I'm also still kind of finding my footing in charitable giving, um, and trying to find more unique and specific ones to give to, because I give to, it doesn't matter who I give to, that's the point, but I wanted to share that with you guys, is that when you realized how, how blessed you are, whenever you are grateful, it does make you more charitable, and then I had a whole conversation about college, just, you know, normal podcast life. Um... Something else I wanted to bring up and talk about is, and I'm in my bedroom recording this with my fans on, so I hope you can hear me fine, is I saw a post on Facebook in one of my groups where a mom was saying, like, how old were you when you let your kids have a sleepover for the first time? And I want to say a couple of things. I am a mama of two. I am a second time mom with a first time heart, meaning that it doesn't matter if you're my first kid or my 75th kid. I'm still probably going to feel the same way. Well, if I had 75, it'd be a whole different story. But so Mia slept over at my mom's house for the first time. I want to say when she was two, I don't believe it happened before she was two or at least one and a half. I do, but I really don't think it happened until she was two. Because I remember thinking, she's two now, she can do it. Um, actually, yes, I knew she was two because I was pregnant with Elliot. It was while I was pregnant with Elliot. And I remember thinking, well, she needs to do this, you know, at least like three times before I have Elliot. So that when I go to have him, she, she'll be comfortable and fine going to sleep over Nana. She'll be happy. And she was. Each time she had a sleepover, she was fine. Even my mom said she had a good time. Um, Mia's really mature. She's really funny. Um, there was only one time where she was like, oh, I, I want my daddy before she went to bed. And then the other time she was really, really upset and wanted me is when I had Elliot because I was gone for so long. Like three days. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't let me just leave. Um, honestly... I'm so turned off by the whole pregnancy and childbirth experience. Maybe because my son's only seven months, seven months old, so it's still fresh. I'm just not interested in that venture again right now. Whereas with Mia, I couldn't wait to do it all again. Also, it was COVID. It was just a long journey. Anyway, but I saw this post about it and people were saying, I didn't let my kid do it till they were seven or I let my kid do it at four months old. And obviously, if you're breastfeeding, that changes what you do. 
But I will say this. Your kid will be fine. There will be some hiccups and some soothing, maybe. But your kid will be fine. And I had to remind myself that Mia went to daycare and she was fine. And with every kid is different and everyone has different thresholds. But with Elliot, it has been so hard for me. One, because it has been COVID. And two, um, he's like a, just a breastfed baby who doesn't like bottles. Doesn't, he just, I mean, like he'll eat food, but. It's been hard because when I leave, my, my mind's on this clock of I got to get back to him. And it's hard even thinking about me going to preschool. But the truth is your kid will be fine and they will adapt. And on a level, it might be good for them. And so last episode, I talked about how I'm, you know, currently in the search for a nanny. And that's actually a hard thing for me because I don't want to share Elliot. Like, he's my son. That's my baby. Um, but in the end, it will be good for him to not be... Because the way he's attached to me, y'all, is next level. I'm talking about he's a co-sleeper, breastfeeder, baby-wearing, pandemic baby. So he he just knows mom. And I don't know if it's... His, it, one is his age. I talked about this last week. It's his age. He is at the point where separation anxiety is normal right now. It's just frustrating because I don't want it to be a thing and I don't want it to last forever. And so it's hard because it's like if I step into the kitchen and he's in the living room with his dad or his sister, he's melting down. And it's like, I know you can't see me, but I'm less than 10 feet away. I promise. Um, and even when he's sleeping, he like has to wake up and check for me before he goes back to sleep. And I don't like that because... Obviously, with sleeping, the goal is ult- the ultimate goal is independence. Um, but I don't know how long it'll be before we have that. Honestly, Mia's not even that independent. She's almost three. So, regardless of how old you are and, like, why you let your, like, what your rules are and the things. Like, my family's really close. I'm really close to my mom, really close to my dad, love my whole family. So, it wasn't, like, weird to send Mia over there to sleep over. Like, they live, they lived at the time, like, 10 minutes away. Now they live, like, 15, no, now they live, like, 25 minutes away. They're not far. They're not far at all. And so, there's no, like, hiccup or, you know, reason not to let Mia have a sleepover and also a lot of times as parents when we get a break we parent better and it's something that you might need to hear is that if you take a break for yourself for your spouse for whatever you will parent better I know you think that you're being or you might think that you're being the best mom by being there 24 7 and honey you are if that's you that's me I'm the same person but stepping away for a minute, an hour, a day can definitely reset you and can make you parent better. And I think that's been something that I desperately need right now is just like a minute away. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying I want to like leave my kids. I'm talking about like, can I have an hour lunch out by myself somewhere? And I know you'll be okay. Or like go to the nail salon, like little things like that. And then whenever you do do those things for yourself, whether it is getting your nails done, whether it is getting your hair done, whether it is having lunch with a friend or going, you know, taking a nap or getting a massage, when you come back, you feel better. And sleep is also something that will exasperate, exasperate all, um, exasperate's not the right word, but it'll like amplify all emotions and so if you are tired and you are cranky or sad or frustrated or stressed it's going to come out like a monster and Ethan always gets so amazed whenever like lately Elliot's been waking up a lot at night growth spurt I literally looked at him yesterday and was like you're taller you definitely were going were and maybe still are going through a growth spurt because you look like a big big baby now but I took a nap one day and it could be like 20 minutes for me. I don't like to nap for more than like 45 minutes to an hour. Like that's the max I want to nap. I'm good with a 20 minute nap. I'm good with a 30 minute nap. And studies say that like if you nap longer, you're not helping yourself. So I kind of stick to that because also like life is busy. I don't have time to be napping for four hours (laughs) a day. And if you do and that's your lifestyle, good for you. I'm so jealous. 
I just don't have time. And um, my brain wouldn't let me. Like, I wake up and I, like, wake up. But, oh, Ethan was like, you you took a shower. You went to sleep for, like, 30 minutes and you're a whole new person. And I'm like, yes. What gets me is not that I can't handle doing the parenting thing all day, every day. It's just my arms get tired of holding a baby that's fussing and clingy. You know, I get touched out. I just want a minute of silence, you know. And so when I can get, like, a, a quiet moment or a minute to do my makeup and listen to, like, Lizzo, my mommy music, and then come back after I've, like, straightened my hair like I wanted to or put on makeup like I wanted to, put on my favorite pair of leggings right now, which are my leopard print leggings, then boom, I'm going to feel like a different person. And then I'm going to parent better because it's like I had my time for myself. Now I'm ready to give myself to my kids. And I think you have to realize that obviously when you have a newborn, it's a different it's a different story. It's a different journey. You will get through it. Those are the hard days. But as your baby gets older and even as your kids get older, um, they might be disappointed that they don't get to go do this with you or disappointed that you went there without them. And then you, as parents, you feel kind of guilty. Um, but that's silly. Like everyone doesn't need to do everything with you all the time. And having that moment to yourself can be such a reset, even if it's hard for you to do it. Even if you're crying, walking out the door, like you need to do it. The other thing is I realized that I was feeling guilty about weird things. I've learned two things that I'm going to implement in my life. If I'm eating one thing, right? I feel like my kid should be eating it, right? So if I'm eating Chipotle, my kid should be eating Chipotle, my kids don't like Chipotle. Mia doesn't like Chipotle, at least. Elliot does. Um, but just because I make myself a specific meal doesn't mean I need to make my kids the same thing. And so if I... And I feel bad because I feel like I'm eating the better, fancier food sometimes. But I always give Mia and Elliot like a little bit to try. Well, specifically Mia. Elliot will eat what he eats. He's seven months old. He's still like trying everything. Um, but at the end of the night, if you want spaghetti, like eat your spaghetti, I'm going to go make my fancy pasta with my, like, you know, whatever. And I was just feeling, I always feel bad because I feel like if I am eating, like for instance, if I'm eating something from Panera, like a Caesar salad, Mia and Elliot like the chicken and stuff from Caesar salad. So I end up sharing all of my chicken with them. Or if I'm eating Chipotle, Elliot really likes it. And he ends up eating, like, all of my guacamole and, and rice. Because, like, that's, like, what he wants from it. He doesn't like the chicken. I think it's just a little too spicy. And I feel bad if I have any of those meals. And I'm like, oh, they like this chicken. I need to share it. Well, that's dumb. This is not their meal. You gave them your their meal. Like, eat your food. It is yours. And that's okay. Um... So that's just a random other thing. Like I've, it's a weird mom thing or even like going and doing something like just cause your kid likes to do something doesn't mean they have to do it with you every time. Like, obviously if your kid likes to go to the grocery store, for instance, Mia loves to go to Target and Walmart with me. Okay. We've only been to Walmart one time in our whole entire lives together. Well, her whole entire life, well, both of our lives together, but she loves to go to Target with me and she likes to go to Marshall's with me. I think like a week or a weekend ago, last weekend, I think it was last weekend. I went to Marshall's with Elliot and I was like so happy. He was chilling in the stroller. I was just putting a bunch of clothes in my stroller and um, I bought them and it was just like a nice experience. There wasn't a toddler saying, can I get down? Can I go here? Can I go there? And it was, although it wasn't a break from him, it was a break from my house. It was different change of scenery. I got to like touch things and look at things and buy things I like. And that's always good. But I was feeling bad because I knew like, well, Mia loves to shop. She would love to be out the house too. Okay, great. But you know, Elliot has never had that many experiences with being him being out because it's been the pandemic. Like, let's let him have the experience of looking around and being out without me chasing his sister. And also... I'm sorry that you like to shop, but this is not mommy-daughter shopping time. This is mommy shopping time, and that's okay. So then the other thing I've learned, last thing, is that do not have dinner with your children. It sounds bad. It sounds mean. And I would say it's okay to sometimes have dinner with your children. And I'm not talking about, like, your 6-year-old and your 8-year-old. 
I'm talking about your toddlers and your babies. Don't have dinner with them. Just don't. Um, I, I eat breakfast and lunch with my kids. Meaning that I eat random scraps while feeding my children their food. But I realized, or at least don't do it every day. Like three times a week, don't do it. Ethan and I, for two days, for two days, we fed the kids, right? Cleaned up the kids. Then we sat down to eat while the kids played. Because now Elliot's full and fed. He's happy to crawl around and play on the floor. Mia's full and fed. She's happy to crawl around and watch Peppa. Now Ethan and I can have a whole meal without a million interruptions. I feel like I'm sitting and eating and not just like rushing through to finish. My food isn't cold because one of my one of my problems in life is that I spend all this time cooking all this food, setting up all this food. One, my kids may or may not eat it and then I'm mad. Two, when I'm going to sit down and eat it, like, well, I'm going to go enjoy my meal. Everyone needs everything and I my food ends up cold. And then I'm like, I could reheat it, but that's going to take an extra 45 seconds and I could finish this meal you know, in about 45 seconds. So let me finish eating. So I'm ready to move on to the next. Stop doing that. Feed your kids and then feed yourself because one, they might stay out of your face about wanting to eat some of your food. Because Mia's always like, can I have a bite? Can I just have a tiny bite? That's what she says. It's really cute. And I normally, uh, like 98% of the time, give her a bite unless it is spicy. Um, Because then she doesn't like spicy. Then she'll be mad at me. Start having some meals after they eat so you can have some time with your spouse or even just enjoy your meal alone. And that is my other advice on that. Do you ever have to shift the energy in your house? And okay, don't turn off the podcast. Just hear me out. What I mean is that, okay, I'm going to give you two examples. One, I am pretty empathic, pretty sensitive to energy, have really strong intuition. Um, And so I know like when I'm in a place I should be, when I'm in a place I shouldn't be, if I should be doing something, if I shouldn't be doing something like the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, my intuition, my, you know, that inner voice is really strong. Um, Even when it comes to decision making, I've said this a million times, if I make a decision and then I feel... I will, I will know immediately if it was the right or wrong decision. I might teeter back and forth on what I should do, but as soon as I like commit to the decision, I'll know if it was the right one to make. So for instance, when we moved, when Ethan and I were like really young, I'm talking like maybe seven years ago, we moved from, we were living, maybe it's like six years ago, we were living in Frederick, Maryland, and we moved to Essex because I was just like, trusting my mind not listening to my instincts and so we moved from like this really nice apartment we had in frederick we loved it it was great it was a great first apartment to a really really crappy townhouse situation in essex and i i didn't know anything about maryland i didn't know anything about like good areas bad areas like now that i'm older you know i got it together so i moved to this we lived in this terrible place. So then when it was time to kind of like reset after our year long lease, which was the longest year of my life, we, I listened to my instincts on where we should live and literally God led me to our next apartment. So we moved from Essex from this crap. I mean, it had roaches guys. I've never in my life seen a roach until I moved into that place. And honestly, it was just shady. In fact, years later, the like we complained and complained to corporate years later, literally last year, they called us about like some sort of like lawsuit or something for us to kind of report our experience there. So like years later, like it was obviously an issue, but flash forward to after we left Essex, we were looking in a similar area, like Middle River, um, if you know Maryland, trying to find a place to live. And we found a townhouse that was nicer um and we were like poor still like this was like our second year out of college so like still had no money um and so I was still nannying Ethan was working part-time at a rec center and we were trying to figure out where to live next and honestly we I decided on a whim Ethan's job was in Frederick the job that I 
I had just gotten offered the job that I'm currently working now. And that was in um, like Baltimore area. So I said, you know what? I don't care if there's a commute for me. Ethan had been commuting from Baltimore to Frederick for a year. I said, it's my turn. Let's go back home. Let's go to Frederick. We love Frederick. And even to this day, like that's probably where we're going to buy our forever home. It's just our place. It's just it, it's just our thing. It's just our place. And so um, we went looking at apartments and like we saw some really nice ones. We saw ones like we couldn't afford. Remember, like this is like second year out of college. We uh, ended up going to Hagerstown because I was like looking at all these places in Frederick and was like, mm, they're still kind of expensive, which is why we moved in the first place. And I said, you know what, let's go like a little farther north or whatever direction that is. And we went to Hagerstown. And honestly, we looked at one place. It was like a weird cottage situation. No, we looked at another place and I just didn't have the right vibes. And then finally, as we were driving, I said, you know, we had done a couple tours. We hadn't found a place we had settled on. We took a couple applications with us. And I said, you know what, let's just check. We passed, um, we like passed a sign for a place. And I said, you know what, let's just check it out. They were on our list and we ended up going there. The lady was there. They were able to show us a place and guys, it was nice. It was, the lighting was great. And to this day, if you ask me and Ethan, where's the fav- our favorite place we've lived aside from our house right now, that's it. And I'll tell you, that was one of the best years I've had in my life. I mean, as an adult, it was yeah, I had to drive far from work, but it's like where I did all my wedding planning. It's where like we had a dog for a little bit. We um, like just like the I love that area, too. I honestly I wouldn't live there again. Ironically, like I wouldn't move my family and get a house there again. But like I had a cute little gym. I had a, a coffee place. I had a lady that I knew because I saw her every morning going to get my coffee. And it was just like a small town down home feel. And our apartment was so nice. Never had a single problem. Not one single problem. There I got pregnant with Mia. Like Anyway, so listen to your instincts. But I'm saying all of this because um, Mercury has been in retrograde, right? And if you are into any of that, you know that it just means that life gets pretty messed up. And so I have been having like... um just like annoying situations at work, at home, whatever. And I just basically, it was just so stressful in my house. Even just like me and Ethan couldn't communicate with each other. It was like there was a, like a language barrier, like over the smallest things of the evening routine, what we should do for dinner are we giving the kids a bath today or tomorrow? Like little things we couldn't like communicate. It was just like a weird barrier. And so I was like, this isn't going to work. You know, like last week it was really hard. I opened up the windows. I just really felt like we need to like get all like the negativity, negativity out of the house, um, out of my room, like everywhere. And I was just, I just prayed and was like, this energy has to go like this, like, lack of communication, this retrograde, this all has to go. And honestly, I'll tell you that I could feel the shift of like, this is a season and I'll tell, it's so weird. I don't know if I can explain this to you guys or if you're going to understand, but this is a season of transition for me where I'm in between two stages in life and I can feel it. Um, and so in this transition, like I've lost some things along the way, like I keep getting like shaved down, like shaped to the person I'm supposed to be losing friends, losing, um, interest in certain things, gaining interest in other things, losing just like, just different things. Right. And it's like, I'm getting molded to this next stage. Right. And I was literally saying, I can feel it. I know that I'm moving on to like, you know, this next phase of life. Right. Elliot is going to be a year in October. Um, we're moving out of like pregnancy baby and all of this other stuff. And so finally, I can feel the shift. 
So I don't know about you, but if you have like any like tension in your house, even if you just realize you're bickering more with your spouse, I just opened the windows, prayed and was like, we need to like shift this energy because it's just been like a tense energy and I blame retrograde Mercury or Mercury in retrograde. So that was a whole random spiel. But um, sometimes if you feel like you're going through a lot in life, you might be in a season of transition where you're getting ready to up into the next level. So like if you're going through something, if it feels like you're losing friends, if it feels like you are just mentally like bogged down, if it feels like there's tension in your marriage, as long as you're aware of, you know, the things you're doing to contribute to that, you can get ready and be ready and um, able to to shift that energy. Honestly, obviously, just listen to your instincts when it comes to making decisions. And being in a season of transition isn't bad. It might be hard, though. If you're wondering, like, why is life so hard right now? Like, why does it feel like everything is so, like, I'm literally, like, I'm in quicksand or, like, a cement block is on my leg. Like, why does it feel like I'm dragging through life and every day feels like this hard push? It might be like because you're in a season of transition. So I wanted you to know that and that you can also like shift the energy and Mercury in retrograde very much does affect me. And honestly, whenever things start feeling kind of chaotic, I check and I'm like, yep, sure enough, Mercury is in retrograde. And so um, if you're like, what the heck does that mean? I can't even really explain it to you. You can Google, but yeah. So this like transformation, transform, like honestly, if you think about it, growing you know how when you're growing like you had a growth spurt growing up you might have had growing pains I had them in my legs and which is really dumb because I'm 4'11 and a half so how much did I even grow to be having growing pains because I'm I'm still like a really short lady but anyway um whenever you're going through a transformation or a transition or you're evolving it's gonna hurt right it's gonna suck things in life are gonna be harder and also I've said this before, but this is a reminder. If you're working on a project, a career, a passion, a marriage, and it feels like um, it's going slow, it's because, again, our taste evolves quicker than our skill. So if you're like just starting a talent or a skill or something, I just want to remind you that it's okay if you're like, oh, this writing sucks. Like if you're working on a book or oh, I'm trying to knit a hat and this sucks. Like it's because you know what it's supposed to look like, but your skill can't do it yet. So it's like an ugly transition, an ugly phase, right? You have to go through the ugly phase to get to the good stuff. So that's kind of like life. Sometimes we have to go through an ugly phase. It might be like a bad communication in your marriage. It might be just like stress at work. It might be that you need to move to another job. It might be that you and your husband need to spend, be like prioritizing your marriage over the kids. It might be whatever. Transformation and transition is hard, right? It's not bad. Sometimes it's exciting and good and sometimes it feels hard. For me, it's been feeling hard. Um, for seasons like my sister, it probably feels really good. She just graduated high school. She's going to college. So that's a fun transition, right? It might be harder for my mom. She, that's her last baby to leave the, the nest. But there's this next level of life you're about to enter. And it's going to be good. It's just like hard to get there sometimes. And if you have, are going through like a divorce or um, something more like scary or permanent or like leaving your family to do something big, that could feel really hard, but in the end, this painful transition um, is going to be better for you later. It's just hard when you're in this the phase of like evolving, like physically evolving hurts, and it's hard. And like I realized that sometimes the something that I've been like circling through in life with this podcast and with my kids and with things is this phase of. I want to work for myself. I want to work from home. I want to be at home with my kids. I'm not leaving Elliot. I left Mia. All these things, right? And each time I come back around and it's like, because what you don't know is that with Ethan and I, we've made many plans for me to leave work. We've made plans on several occasions for me to, to quit. And for whatever reason, I couldn't. And so I would get mad and frustrated, right? And go through this emotional journey. And now I realize that I'm in like this like standstill place where if you listen to the podcast, like, like a couple of months ago, I was about to jump, right, and leave. And then, like, God said, hold up, I got a promotion for you. Don't do it. Or I have a new position for you. Don't do it. And so 
I ended up not leaving and it's been a good it's been a blessing um but now I feel like I'm in this like uh I don't know how to describe it it's like I'm in an elevator and I'm like the elevator's going really slow and it's stopping at every floor but the floor I'm supposed to get off on is like the 14th floor um and I'm waiting to get to that floor and for those doors to open so I can step onto the floor that I'm supposed to be on. That's where I'm at in life. Don't, not sure if that metaphor makes sense. But anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. Um, this has been like a super random episode. But hopefully something resonated with you. Um, or at least you got to like listen to me reminisce about college. Okay, so before I close out this episode, I want to throw some shade, sing some praise, and be on my way. And of course, I'm talking about my husband because I love him so much. Um, but he's still a husband. And um, husbands ask weird questions. I think he was going to heat up something for Mia the other day. Um, and he always asks me whenever he I, he's going to heat something up, like how long he should heat it up for. And I don't know if like as women, we just have like internal clocks, like we just can kind of gauge if it's a vibe. Like I feel like this needs a minute and 15 seconds. I feel like this needs a good 36 seconds. I'm one of those weird people who will like, some people will be like heat it up for 45 seconds or hit it, heat it up for a minute 15. I'll be like, it feels like, you know, 23 seconds like it doesn't have to be like a whole number that's Elliot playing in the background sorry but I'm gonna close out in a minute and so I feel like I was like do you how did you live before me like how did you like microwave stuff how did you not how do you not know and like he'll always over it's one thing if you like you put something in the microwave right and then you take it out and the middle's not not warm so like you mix it up put it back in he will put something in the microwave for like two minutes and it'll be like really, really hot. That doesn't need that, that much time. So I don't know. It's just kind of funny the things that men do, but he is really good at, um, rescuing me when I'm in distress. Like if I'm overwhelmed or stressed, like taking the baby and being like, um, please go breathe somewhere. So that's a good thing. So I'm going to praise him in that way. But I just feel like it's weird that men like ask weird questions. And how come you don't know where any of your clothes are? I don't know. Laundry is just a weird thing in my house that you can never get ahead of. And I kind of want to redo my laundry room and honestly, like redo my closet, redo my dresser. It's like I want to redo the whole clothing situation for me and for all of my kids. But I don't know if I'm going to have time to even do that this weekend. Actually, I might have time on Father's Day. Um. Oh, yeah. So it is Father's Day this weekend. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers. I hope you guys have a great weekend. This weekend, my in-laws are coming to visit. So typically, I would be super stressed about cleaning. Let me tell you something weird. Let me, ta- I mean, let me just tell you something that's annoying. We moved into our house literally like a year ago. And we bought, like, all new furniture for the most part. Like, new dining table, new dining chairs, a new couch, a new TV, like, a new TV stand. Um, But then we mounted our TV, so now we don't really need our TV stand. But anyway, so we bought all of these things, right? Why did all of my dining chairs break? They're all broken. And so I'm like, babe, did you not put these right together or correctly or why are they all broken like one is still standing but all of the legs broke so I literally had to buy all new dining chairs and they were scheduled to come on Saturday which is when my in-laws are coming but thank the lord they are came on um Wednesday and my new rug came and so our cleaning lady came on Monday which is always just nice I really just encourage you to get one if you can, um, even if it's just like a one-time thing, like once a month, every other month, once a season. Um, it's something you could also save up for. So like she only charged like $100, I think. Um, we pay her a little more than that because I feel like she does a lot, a lot of cleaning, but um, it's just nice to have somebody who, because like the thing about me the thing about momming is especially if you're like a working mom or I guess if you're any type of mom honestly it's all hard out here in the streets um 
Ethan got the cleaning lady for my birthday. And I think that was amazing because that's like, I just needed it. And so, hey, Ellie Valleys, he's getting into trouble. Um, But it's just nice because as a mom, it's just rare your hands are free to clean without constantly looking for a child, especially if you have like anyone who is little, right? Like toddler, like between the ages of birth and like four or even five, it's probably like you have to know where they are and what they're doing. And so, and if they're babies, it's like, here, sit in the jumper for a minute and you might be able to get a task done, but to get the whole house done, it's a lot of work. And it's like a lot of start and stop. And that's when I get really frustrated. But, and Ethan's always like, you get so mad. And like, yeah, I get so mad because I just want to clean everything in one go, but you can't, which is why like I said before, the timer method works really good for me to like set a timer for 10 minutes, put Elliot in the jumper, or I got a a bunch, I bought like ball pit balls and just put them in a hamper and sat him in the hamper. And he loves that. Like I could sit him in the hamper in the room with me for a minute and I could do the dishes real quick or, um, straighten the living room real quick, or I can't really fold a load of laundry that quickly, but like clean up the dining room a little bit, like wipe off the table, sweep real quick. And so the timer method, like I've said before, works really, really well for me because, because as a mom and not as a mom, maybe as a woman or just like who I am, or I feel like a lot of us are like this, where we start doing one task and we notice other things. And so we jump on the other things that we notice. And so it's like, I might start sweeping, but then I notice like three cups are sitting on the counter that need to get washed. So then I stop sweeping, you know, I'm going to rinse the cups and put them in the dishwasher. Then I look over and I see, oh my gosh, Ethan didn't put these boxes away. Let me put these boxes away. And it just becomes this whole thing where I started off to like sweep. That was my one goal. And I noticed 65 other things and now I haven't swept. Because that time, I might have been doing it while Elliot was asleep or put him down to do something and now he's bored and I have to go pick him up or whatever. And so the timer method works good for me because I will say, okay, you are just going to focus on cleaning up the toys and straightening up the living room. Put everything in its place in the living room. Do that in 10 minutes or 15 minutes and just don't stop until everything's put away or the timer goes off. And then if the timer doesn't go off, I'm like, great, I can really quickly go clean the mirrors or wipe down the windows or, you know, wipe down the doorknobs and things like that. So anyway, um, but so I'm really glad that he did get the cleaning lady and I'm glad my in-laws are coming this weekend because she just came on Monday. So our house isn't like a wreck yet. Obviously, like, there's kid toys, if you can hear <clears throat> Elliot in the background playing. But, like, bathrooms are pretty clean. I might just have to, like, touch them up. The kitchen's pretty clean. I just have to do the dishes. Like, our, our stovetop's clean. Our microwave's clean. Air fryer's clean. Also, one last thing before I go. Is this weird? So, I saw something, like, people making fun of millennials or people making fun of people who, like, do certain things. So people make fun of people who eat avocado toast because that's all we talk about. And I'm an avocado toast eater. Or people make fun of people who um, have an air fryer. So I have an air fryer, right? And I'm, if you don't have one, I know that everyone who has an air fryer probably tells you this. If you don't have one, you're sleeping on the air fryer. And I slept on the air fryer for a minute, but I got one for my birthday from my mom. And it's life-changing. And so we're going on vacation next month. And I was looking at all the things the house has because we're staying in a house, not a hotel. And um, it's I was looking at the kitchen stuff. So there were like toaster oven, coffee machine. They have a lot of stuff. They have like kids' toys. They have a crib. They have a sound machine. They have a wagon. They have beach toys. They have bicycles. Like the house we're staying at has everything. And so I'm like, Mom, can you message the owner of the house and see if they have an air fryer? If not, I will bring mine. And she's going to be like, what? Why are you asking about this air fryer? Because it's going to be... Because honestly, when I wake up in the morning... Unless my mom's going to make breakfast while we're on vacation. Like, I like to throw whatever I'm making in the air fryer. Egg bites in the air fryer. And it's done in like five minutes compared to like 20 minutes of me like flipping around eggs and stuff. 
Okay, but as you can hear, Elliot's getting upset. So that is it for this episode. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Christian Mom Uncensored. Um, I will talk to you guys next week. Be blessed, be strong, be brave. You got it. And bye. Hey, mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations you know it all thanks so much for stopping by this thursday welcome to christian mom uncensored